Hello and welcome back to the Buzzer Beater Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Jace Howard, and as always, I hope you enjoy the show. And I know I've been gone for a little bit. I haven't recorded an episode since March 21st, and it is April 18th. So just about a month, but it has been with spring break and soccer. It's been a very long month. I'll put it that way. And so I'm, I love recording these episodes. So it's, it's, I've, it's not like I haven't wanted to. I love recording these episodes. I've wanted to make one for a while and I just really haven't found the time. So I hope you all enjoy listening as much as I like recording these. And I'm sorry I haven't been here as often. But I'm going to do two segments today. One will be a little bit longer than the other. The first one I wanted to do is the NBA playoffs. And I wanted to talk about the NBA playoffs because, one, it's probably the biggest sporting news right now. And, two, I really – I do like watching the NBA. I I probably like watching college basketball more, but I do like watching – the NBA still. It's just, it's such a different game. And then I want to talk about the Kentucky transfer portal and how that's been shaping up and looking since that um, loss to Kansas State, which I did an episode about that. If you want to go check that out. Now it was over a month ago, not over a month, but it was close to a month ago. So, but if you do want to check out the my ta- my take on the Kentucky game and where I thought the program would be from there. You can go check that out. It was March Madness and predictions for Kentucky. Without further ado, we will I'll see you in segment one. Peace. Welcome to segment one. Episode 6 of the Buzzer Beater Sports Podcast. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about the NBA playoffs and my title, my title pick for the NBA. Maybe some awards too, because they've been they've been dropping those awards uh last night. Well, I don't know when you're hearing this, but April 17th, the Jaron Jackson Defensive Player of the Year got released. So that was very that was uh very I wouldn't say very big because it really honestly wasn't that surprising he kind of seemed like the heavy favorite going into that but I think that there there can be a case made for some of the other finalists for like Evan Mobley I mean he was great defensively all year and it and will continue to be and same with Jaron Jackson I mean for him to win it this early in his career, Grizzlies fans have to be just in rejoice because he he finally took that extra step, you know, that they were they were hoping for. But they might not be in such rejoice with Jaw being out of game two of the Lakers Grizzlies series. We'll talk more about that in a minute. But first off, I just want to say. Light the beam, baby. Let's go, Kings. Yeah, I'm I'm a Kings fan, and before you say I'm a bandwagon, I, and my mom could tell you this, have been a Kings fan since De'Aaron Fox joined their team. He was my favorite Kentucky point guard of all time, probably, and 
He Ever since he's joined the Kings, I've been a huge Kings fan. Not a huge Kings fan. No, I don't put it like that. I've been a Kings fan. They've been my favorite team. and But I haven't had a lot to cheer for. Like I've said, I've been a Heat fan or a Mavericks fan. But really, I've been a Kings fan. I just haven't had a lot to cheer for, honestly. But Kings Nation, light the beam. And, and I want to talk a lot about that series. Not because I'm a Kings fan and not because I'm biased towards the Kings, but because they're an interesting team. So I'm going to flip over here to the playoff bracket, and we're, we're just going to go Eastern Conference to West, 1-8, to eight, whatever. So first, Milwaukee and Miami. Mil- Miami steals game one on the road at Milwaukee. Giannis went out. Hero broke his hand. Numerous injuries. But even though, so I saw the stat on ESPN, and under Mike Budenhauser, the um the Bucks have when they were one game down, they haven't lost a series except to the Heat. Who were they playing? The Heat. However, this is different because. I think Milwaukee ends up winning the series, I would say, six games. They'll win it in Milwaukee. I'd say the Heat get one at home. I mean, maybe not without Tyler Hero, but surely Jimmy Buckets will have one really good night, flip the switch, and um, figure out how to get it done for Miami. So I say that that's in six, but there's no guarding Giannis. And with Tyler Hero having a broke hand, I just really don't see it. I mean, I was listening to JJ Reddick's podcast, Old Man and the Three, and he was talking about how the Heat won. However, they won without, they won without Brooke Lopez and Giannis. And, they those guys are just such they destroy space with only two of them. I mean that you, with those two guys on the floor, you're not getting in the paint that much with them on on you because they're just so dominant. And what I think hurts for the Heat is without Tyler Hero, they don't have maybe the spacing that they did. So that puts more pressure on Jimmy to go out and get do what he do get get buckets. He's not like a he's not like a Steph who's going to like score 30 every night, but if you need a quick 40 piece, Jimmy Buckets will get you that quick 40 piece, which is why I think the Heat will get another game. But with Tyler Hero being out and Milwaukee getting Giannis back, it just doesn't look very likely for the Heat. So, moving on, this is the series, in my opinion, in the East to watch. Cleveland, New York. Now, it's four and five matchup, coincidentally, whatever. But, Cleveland, I I would say I have Cleveland in seven. I think this game, this series goes to seven games. I think that Cleveland will... When I think Mobley is so dominant defensively, 
Donovan Mitchell can go out and give you huge numbers every night. Darius Garland's good. Uh, Jared Allen's a great rim protector and starting to uh, come into his own. And Okoro's been been good this season. Um, and New York, that New York, but with the besides Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle, they're good, but they're not. They don't feel like they can beat the Cavs. Like the Cavs feel like they could be a contender if they play good enough. But the Knicks just don't feel that way. I mean, Jalen Brunson is great. Emmanuel Quickly's great. Julius Randle is great. And the you at the core, their roster is good. But on the outside and the bench, they're raw. Ro- I mean Barrett too. He's he's coming into his own, but other than that, they really just aren't super deep. I mean, Mitchell Robinson's pretty good. They're just not super deep, and I don't feel like I feel like the Cavs will be able to. And who knows? It's a seven-game series, so one game is probably going to decide it, which means it could go either way. I feel, though, that the Cavs are the better team in this situation. But, however, that would mean the Cavs have to steal a game at the Garden, which is always hard to do. Playoff Garden is going to be one of the most electric atmospheres, especially since the Knicks are actually in the playoffs this year and are not the 8th seed or 7th seed. They actually have a chance to win this series up one game this the Madison Square Garden will be a very electric environment. Philadelphia and Brooklyn, there's not much to talk about here. Philly's, I'd say five games. I don't see a sweep just based off the way game two went and how the Nets were leading and then they kind of just fell apart. But it it could very well be a sweep. I just don't see it. I mean, they here's the problem. No, the Nets can't guard Joel and Bead, and they're trying to guard him one on one with a smaller defender, and it's just not working for them. And it, even with Cam Johnson putting up twenty and Mikael Bridges putting up twenty five, like Cam Johnson's probably not going to put up twenty. Mikael Bridges is very consistent, but Cam Johnson's probably going to put up 20, and they still couldn't win. Granted, it wasn't Philadelphia. That's why I'm giving them a chance of getting a game, maybe getting one in New York or in Brooklyn. But other than that, I don't see them winning. I mean, I I guess I could see – I could see it – yeah, no. I I can't see it going to six – I see five at the max and that the Sixers get it done. Boston, Atlanta, this is a sweep for Boston. Atlanta's good. Don't get me wrong. Trey Young, great player. But they they really they really don't have they really don't have, as Coach Jerome Tang said, they they really don't have the dudes. They don't really have the the dogs. Like they don't have the guys who can compete with Boston. I mean, they have 
Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, John Collins, who's subpar, Onyeka Kongwu, uh, Clint Capella. Their team is not, not fit to play. Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Grant Williams, Robert Williams. These guys are absolute studs, and they're not fit to play that team, who is probably, besides Denver maybe, the next best title odds. So I don't don't really see anybody. I I don't see Atlanta getting a game. Honestly, even at Atlanta, I really just don't see it. Denver, Minnesota. Move. We'll go through and we'll say, we'll get it down to the NBA Finals. So, theoretically, we'd have Milwaukee playing Cleveland, Philadelphia playing Boston. Milwaukee playing Cleveland. This could be interesting. I'd say it goes to six games with Milwaukee winning. Just because while Cleveland has a defensive player of the year finalist plus Jared Allen, you can't guard Giannis. And I don't think the Cavs will be able to produce enough on offense with Milwaukee's defense to therefore outscore them or even stay within reach of that. So I say six games, Milwaukee gets it done, goes to the conference finals. Then Philadelphia-Boston, that will be an interesting series. And I say that because, while I do think Boston gets the win because they're more well-rounded, who's going to guard Joel Embiid? That's the one question you have to ask yourself. Grant Williams and Robert Williams are both good defenders, but realistically, who guards him? Now, I will say the one thing that gives Boston the edge, I say that this series will go to 7 But the one thing that gives me confidence in Boston is who's going to guard Jason Tatum, who's going to guard Jalen Brown, and they're way deeper. I mean, you got Malcolm Brogdon coming off the bench. He would be a lot of teams' starting point guard. So they're way deeper. I mean, Philadelphia, they have Harden, Maxie, Embiid, I think Tobias Harris still plays there. And other than that, they really just, they don't, they don't have, they don't, they have more than most teams, but they don't have as much as Boston. They really just don't. So Boston versus Milwaukee. And I'm going to have to say Boston goes back to the finals for a second straight year. I think they'll figure out a way to contain Giannis a little bit. But I also, but I feel like Milwaukee won't be able to contain everybody. Like they'll be able to contain Tatum and Brown, but they're not gonna. It, by containing Tatum and Brown, they're going to allow Grant Williams, Marcus Smart, Malcolm Brogdon to go out get and get twenty or thirty because they don't want Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to beat them. So how are they going to defend all those guys? which is why I think that the Boston Celtics get back to the NBA Finals for a second straight year. So we have in that Boston and Milwaukee in the Conference Finals. And I say that that, I'm going to say Boston in six. 
and I'm gonna and so that would mean if theoretically that would mean that they win a game at the Bucks, which they could do. They could definitely do. Denver, Minnesota. I'm gonna give Minnesota a game. I'll say five series goes to five games because Minnesota could theoretically not stop Jokic. No one can stop Jokic, but contain Jokic. Because while Cat's not a great defender, they have Rudy Gobert, and if they double him, it leaves someone open to pass to. But if you have everyone else kind of play a zone defense in a sense, you might be able to contain Jokic somewhat, which would maybe get you a game. But other than that, Minnesota's not going to have any shot because Jokic is the most well-rounded player in basketball. I mean, the dad bod god. He is – Jokic is just – he's so fun to watch because he makes passes like Market Marquise Noel, like a little point guard, but – and he moves like – like, he moves so slow, but yet his movements are so effective. And it makes him so good. And it's it's so hard to contemplate how he's so good watching him play, but yet he just is. So I, I think it's going to be hard for any team to guard Jokic, much, le- much less the... Minnesota Timberwolves, who aren't super great at defense. Next, Phoenix and LA. I'm not to say it goes to seven games. Or no, no. I'm going to say it goes to six. I'm going to say Phoenix wins in six because they'll pick up game two tonight, the day I'm recording this. And they'll still win on LA. On the road, which will make the series 2-2. And they should get their home game. And I think that they'll beat L.A. So that would mean that they end up hit winning. They might win two games in a row. Might win three. Either way. It, if Here's the thing, though. It's a must win for Phoenix. If L.A. wins tonight, they're going to win the series. Because they have stole two road games from you. Which puts you in a place where you have to beat, beat them twice out of their three other games on the road. And that puts you in a very tough predicament, especially since they go back to their place uh, for game three being up 2-0. That's, I mean, that's huge. So if you're Phoenix, you can't let L.A. win this game tonight. Next, Sacramento and Golden State. This is the series to watch. Sacramento, it's hard, in my opinion, to bet against the Warriors. And I know I said I was a Sacramento fan. But, in my opinion, it's hard to bet against the Warriors. Because they are, they really have the same roster and that roster went and got it done last season. However, it puts confidence in me that the Kings could win because they've won their two home games. They don't have to steal a road game 
from the from Golden State at this point because they've won their two home games. That that place is going to be electric for game five. And they could go win game five, lose game six, lose game three, lose game four, go win game five and seven, and win the series. All they have to do is win at home. That's all they have to do. And I think that they will do that because that place is so electric. And I just think Sacramento's been playing great. Next up, Memphis and the Lakers. I'm going to say this series goes to six games. And I'm going to have to pick the Lakers. Jaw's hands hurt. He's not going to play game two tonight. And this is going to hurt Memphis bad because without Jaw, they don't really have a super lethal scoring threat. And even and while it, it might not seem like a huge deal because the Lakers did good at containing Jaw, he still took so much energy from the Lakers to try and contain him that now they don't necessarily have to use because they're not focusing on one player if he's not playing. The Grizzlies, if Jaw was playing, I might give the edge to them, but without Jaw for this game, if the Lakers get two on the road, I I don't I think it's over for the Grizzlies. And the Lakers look it's been a while since we said this, but with LeBron and AD healthy, the Lakers look great. D'Angelo Russell's good. Rui Hachimura, they're not going to get another game like that from him, but they got it when they needed it, and he's a good defender. And Austin Reeves, he can he he's not great, but he, he can shoot, and he played out of his mind in that fourth quarter of the Lakers-Memphis first game. So... Denver-Phoenix is what we have in this first, in this conference semifinal game. I'm going to say Denver gets the job done in five games. It's It comes down to Phoenix doesn't have anybody to guard Jokic. Aiden's good, but he can't guard Jokic. And and. The Nuggets have a great system. They can play defense. They'll figure out a way to stop KD and Booker. Not stop, but contain. Or they're going to stop one of them, make the other one beat them. That's going to be Denver's game plan. I say they win in five because after seeing Phoenix in the LA and LA, it doesn't give me confidence in the Suns. As much as this team seems like they'd be good, their death is going to hurt them. And their their chemistry because with the rant going out and that freak injury, they didn't get to gel as a team, and it's it's going to be hard for them. The Kings and the Lakers. As much as it pains me to do this, I'm going to give the Lakers the series in six games. No, in seven games, because that mean they only have to steal one from the Kings at home, and I think the Kings will be. Very good at home just because of how electric their crowd is. But the Lakers, when they played like that, look like contenders. Honestly, they just they just look so good. And I feel like like the Warriors are athletic, but like the Lakers are more 
athletic, I feel like, on a different level than the Warriors. And I feel like maybe the Lakers aren't as good as the Warriors, but it's something about the Lakers just being having AD and LeBron that it's like it's hard to bet against them. And I know he's like, oh, well, they have Steph and Clay, but it just feels like Steph hasn't been right all year with that shoulder and Wiggins just coming back. Like they just the Warriors don't feel like they're quite ready for the playoffs. And the Lakers feel like they're hitting their stride at the right time to get them through to the conference finals. Denver versus LA. This one should gonna go down to six. I'm gonna say Denver ends up getting the job done. And I say it just because who's I mean, Anthony Davis could do a good job on Jokic, but he's not gonna stop him. Like I said, the the Nuggets have great, have a good defense. They can end up stopping the Lakers. And I feel like the Nuggets have a great coach. They can they can get the job done. Denver versus Boston in the finals. And I'm going to have to give Boston this title. I, I know that it's like it's still who's going to guard Jokic, but Boston and Missoula Ball are – they've bought into him. They've bought into his system. They spread the floor. Their defense has been one of the best in the league. They'll figure out a way to contain Jokic, and then they can score. And they have so many options. How is it that the Nuggets, who have a good defense, but not an elite defense, how are they going to stop Boston with so many options? Now, I think this, go- I think this is a seven-game series. But how are they going to stop Boston with so many options? So, to review before we end this segment, I said the Milwaukee was going to beat Miami in five games. I said Cleveland was going to beat New York in seven games. I said Philadelphia was going to beat Brooklyn in five games. And I said Boston was going to beat Atlanta in four games, which would mean, and then I said Milwaukee was going to beat Cleveland in six games. Philadelphia was going to beat Boston in, I think I said seven games. Yes, yeah, seven games. Denver was going to beat Minnesota in five. Phoenix was going to beat LA in seven. Sacramento was going to beat Golden State in seven. And Memphis was, or the Lakers were going to beat Memphis in six. Then Denver was going to beat Phoenix in five games. Sacramento was going to, or LA was going to beat Sacramento in seven games. And then Denver was going to beat the Lakers in six games. And the Boston Celtics would end up being the 2023 NBA champions and beat the Denver Nuggets in seven games. This has been segment one of episode six of the Buzzer Beater Sports Podcast. 
I'll see you in segment two. Peace. Welcome to segment two, episode six of the Buzzer Beater Sports Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Jace Howard. And in segment two, we're going to be talking about Kentucky basketball and specifically the transfer portal and where this program is right now. So right now, I would like to say Kentucky basketball is in the excitement, still hurting about the loss. A loss that we all thought that we could have won and we could have beat that team because we could have. We definitely could have. I mean, if Reeves hits three threes, we win that game. I mean, there's a lot that you could say that we could have done, and I talked about that. But I want to talk about what's been going on in the transfer portal. Cason Wallace, as we expected, declared for the draft. That was no shock. Asanyu entered the portal. We all thought he was gone, which, yes, hurts, but it's okay. Well, then he decides he's not in the portal anymore. He's coming back to Kentucky this year. So, a sophomore, you gonna assign you. And I'm very happy about that because he can, if they can get his offense better, he's going to be just basically a good rim protector for us, good off the bench minutes. I, I think he plays over Lance Ware if they can get any offense in him. I just – I like Lance Ware, but I think he provides more defense. You, Ugo provides more defense than Lance Ware does, and if they can get his offense up to that level, there's no reason in my mind that he doesn't play back up. Um, I want to say that the big thing – that really hurt was that Chris Livingston announced he's declaring for the draft. He will still maintain his eligibility, so it, it he could definitely still come back, which is what we want. We want a sophomore Chris Livingston. Okay, so they did this on KSR. Who Who are the top five players you want to see on campus this year. I want to see at number one, DJ Wagner. He's going to be an elite point guard, not going to be quite as good as John Wall, but he's going to be the guy who Cal can give the ball at the end of the shot clock. He'll go get something done. Number two, Justin Edwards. He's going to be a great three. He's going to be a great wing. He can shoot. He can create for himself. I think he will end up being one of the better players on this team. I want to then see sophomore Chris Livingston. He would be an absolute beast. Remember P.J. Washington, Nick Richards, guys like that who came back and were absolute beasts. P.J. Washington then went in the lottery. Livingston's probably not even going to go in the first round. I mean, he could, but I would say probably not. So if he comes back, he could be a lottery pick, plus making a lot more money on NIL. It just makes more sense for Livingston to come back next year. And I think he could be so good because think about how much you could develop his offensive game, his three-point shooting ability, 
his defense and it was already there. His he's got a nose for the ball. We saw it when his in his rebounding. I mean, he could be astounding next year. Then I want to see six year Antonio Reeves because think about him spacing the floor with a guy who can drive and kick. And Wheeler could do that, but he was never a threat to score. So they almost didn't hedge off. But now they're going to have to help off on Wagner, which leaves our shooters open, which is why I think we need to go get one more shooter in the portal because C.J. Frederick really did not not get it done this season. And Reeves can create for his own shot. He's a great shooter. I feel like I really want to see a six-year Antonio Reeves. And then I want to see Aaron Bradshaw, who, in my opinion, is like a modern-day big. Like, we haven't had a, you could say, modern-day big, a long, lanky shot blocker who can also score type of big in a while. It's been a Shibway, a guy that goes and gets rebounds, just rough and tough and it really hasn't felt like we've had really any sense of modern type of guys in a while. And I think Bradshaw is just that and more. And if they can if they can get him to shoot threes, we could play a five-out offense. We could space teams out. We could take them off the dribble. This team has so many possibilities. But if all those guys are here, you're looking at DJ Wagner, Antonio Reeves, Justin Edwards, Chris Livingston, and Aaron Bradshaw. That's a team who could have definitely won the NCAA National Championship this year, much less next year. This team next year, if the right pieces come back, if they gel together, could be one of, if not the best, college basketball team next year. I I think that's 100%. And then Shibway declared for the draft while maintaining his eligibility, which I was very glad. Everyone says they love Shibway. And I do too. I like him. He seems like a good guy, whatever. But hear me out. Shibway is not a good... He's a great basketball player, but he's not an NBA guy. He really just isn't. He can't defend the pick and roll, which is one reason why he would could make a strong case for the NBA to defend and get rebounds because he's still going to get rebounds at the NBA level, but he's not going to get as much. And if he is a defensive liability, teams like the Grizzlies, who run a pick and roll almost every single play, are going to eat him alive. He is getting destroyed on pick-and-roll at the college level, much less the more advanced pick-and-roll in the NBA where it's more used. He's going to get dominated. Shibway will not get drafted. Shibway will get drafted in the second round, but he could come back and probably make more NIL money, which scares me because he might want to come back. Here's my thing. And I say I don't want him back, but I don't want him back because of the way Cal has used him. If Cal uses him differently in the sense of he comes off the bench, gets you a couple rebounds, he's that hustle guy, whatever. 
But Cal's going to try and run his offense through him, and then it's going to slow everybody else and everything else down around him, which hurts the team and hurts the fans because we want to see something exciting. We want to see a modern offense. We want to see the offense that UConn, Kansas, Duke, North North Carolina, we want to see those type of offenses or – Eastern, even EKU, if you are no EKU, you know they play fast, they shoot threes, they get up and down the floor. That is the type of offense this team could run, but if Cal if Cal chooses to do so. Now, if Cal doesn't choose to do so, we can't do anything about it, but he's going to have the pieces next year to play that type of an offense. And whether he does or not is not our decision, but historically he hasn't wanted to play that type of offense. So is he going to change for this group? And one thing I want to mention is I think Cal has to get to the Sweet 16 next year to in order to keep his job. If he doesn't, I mean, he's going to get destroyed by the fans. He'll probably resign. I don't know. Something's going to happen. But if we were to win the national championship next year, I still would not want Cal as a coach. And hear me out. Hear me out. This is because it took this one group for him to accomplish anything. I don't think you give him another group that's not as good as this one. And I don't and I think that he's not gonna get it done. Like he had great pieces this year and he didn't get it done. But not even the national championship. He didn't even get past the first weekend. But if he gets it done with this team, it furthermore proves my point that he has to have the right team. And how long will it be before the next right team comes around? How long will we have to suffer before that next quote-unquote right team comes around? So in conclusion, I want to say that Kentucky basketball is all going to kind of depend on Cal because they're going to have the pieces next year. It's just going to be whether what style of offense does he want to play and how does he want to play next year. So in summary, this episode we said that the Boston Celtics would win the NBA playoffs and that next year's Kentucky team is going to pin on, honestly, Cal – and how he wants to play because he's going to have the right pieces. This has been Episode 6 of the Buzzer Beater Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Jace Howard. Peace.